0: radioinfluence.com.
1: Welcome to the Lawfather Podcast. It's great to have everybody back here today. I'd like to remind everybody 855-LAW-FATHER is the best way to get a hold of me and Frankie Injury Law. We have a, a new sponsor for the show, Bravo Delta Legal Services. For all you attorneys out there who are trying to control your overhead and had some impact from the coronavirus. That is the purpose of Bravo Delta Legal Services. Uh, That's a company that I've been using personally for a couple years now, and they handle all of our medical record and bill retrieval needs. So give them a call, 813-591-4529. Like I said, any attorneys out there who need medical records, give that number a call, 813-591-4529. We have an exciting show coming up today. Talk to a a local ER doctor who is a a good friend of mine. And uh, we also have uh, Marquise Bridges from North Dakota State University on the show today. Uh, Marquise is a senior uh, or graduated senior from North Dakota State, one of my football clients. And we're going to discuss the NFL draft a little bit, pro day or lack thereof, Uh, I was actually supposed to uh, be traveling the last week of March, the entire week going to various different pro days and uh, with the coronavirus and the NFL stopping all of their scouts from going uh, to various different places and basically, uh, for all intents and purposes, shutting down. Uh, We are not going to any pro days. All pro days have been canceled. So uh, we're going to talk to him about that. And we are going to play case or no case. And since we had Marquise on the phone anyway, we're going to go ahead and play case or no case with Marquise. Now, as I've been doing uh, as this coronavirus has been going around and for the most part, Hillsborough County and Pinellas County, Florida have all been more or less shut down. All the restaurants are to go only. Only. So I'd uh, like to shout out a couple of local restaurants, uh, West Shore Pizza on Southwest Shore Boulevard. Uh, go ahead and check them out. I, I go there a pretty decent amount. Great food, great wings. Uh, Sardo's in Pinellas County is our other pick. So go check those places out and get some food from there. So support your local businesses. And let's talk about real quickly here what's going on Uh Real briefly in local emergency rooms in our next episode, we're going to get into a whole lot more detail, uh, but I spoke to Matthew Beatty, who is an ER doc at Tampa General Hospital. Do need to let you know that that anything he's telling me is on his own behalf and his own opinions and not the opinions of Tampa General Hospital. But just ask them real, real quickly, you know, what differences they saw in the in the ERs or what differences are they seeing in the ER? And right now, it's not much of a difference. Their security protocols and visitation protocols are different right now. And there's been an uptick in patients with respiratory systems. But for the most part, things have remained unchanged. Now, we're we're recording this episode uh, at the end of March They are expecting in the next week or two, which would put us into the first and second week of April, for things to change a little bit. So we'll try to get a little bit of an update then. Typically, this show is recorded once a week to be timely. However, one of the big things in the news right now is stay-at-home orders from the counties. And just in the anticipation of stay-at-home orders, we're recording a little bit in advance. So a little bit different than normal. Uh, Let's touch on the legal side real quick of these stay at home orders. Uh, Really recently, the mayor of Tampa had issued her own stay at home order after the after Hillsborough County had a disaster preparedness meeting of which all of the mayors of the municipalities in Hillsborough County are a part of voted to wait to make a decision on stay-at-home orders. Since then, the county has issued a safer-at-home order. And so let's discuss a little bit of the legalities here and and how that works. So per an attorney general's opinion, mayors likely lack the ability to issue a stay-at-home order or to move people. And, And that's an important thing. And what it is is what the attorney general said is, It's a gray area. There's nothing really that says that they can, but there's also nothing that says that they can't. So it creates this little bit of ambiguity. Now, we know the county does have the authority to move people, which in my legal opinion, if you have the authority to move people, you have the authority to tell people to stay where they are. Because to me, it's really no different if I say, hey, you need to go over there versus you need to stay exactly where you are, because that's where you are our safest. So That is part of it. The county can do it. Mayors, probably not. Luckily, we don't have to really worry about it because the county did issue a a safer-in-place order, and if you actually look into what the mayor of Tampa had put into place, it was essentially more of a, we want you to stay home, we can't force you to stay home, but that is where you're safest. So I do commend her for that, getting out in front of it and Really letting people know that it's time to stay home. It's time to do the right thing. I was kind of interested and I guess maybe secretly hoping that it was going to be a full-fledged order to stay home and that there would maybe be an attorney somewhere who would get hemmed up with it and that we would have some kind of appellate decision to talk about. Uh, So part of me, the, the real deep down lawyer side of me, the nerd side of me, if you will, Wanted to see that so we could see the constitutional process play out in that. But the real life practical side of me says, I like where we are right now. Things seem to be moving in a direction. And quite honestly, I hope by the time you're listening to this podcast that we are out of this and the economy is taking a turn for the better and we're moving forward. So that is the little legal update, if you will. So let's get into talking to Marquise Bridges. All right. I'd like to welcome Marquise Bridges to the show. Marquise is a cornerback or was a cornerback at North Dakota State University, senior last year, and looking forward to the NFL draft this year. Welcome to the show, Marquise. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, very great to have you on. And just so everybody knows, Marquise is one of the guys that we represent and will be representing in the NFL draft here coming up at the end of April, so long as the NFL doesn't decide to push the NFL draft back. So, Marquise, uh, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what went on at North Dakota State last year. I think you guys had a pretty good season.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, being able to play at North Dakota State for the last five years has definitely been one of the biggest blessings ever. I learned a lot through that program, and It just helped me grow so much, and it's kind of crazy. As I look back, talking to the guys that I graduated with and everything, man, we just we just so grateful for what went on with that, that dynasty and that program, man, but... You know, the best thing is, is that I think they still got so much room <laughs> for improvement. Man. We're just going to keep growing over
1: there. Well, and to let everybody know who is listening, who probably doesn't know, North Dakota State's now won back-to-back national football championships. Is that correct?
0: Uh,
1: three-peat this last three. Yeah, it was three-peat. Oh, three-peat. Wow, that's excellent. And yeah. and it's Division One, but it's the uh, FCS, correct? Yeah, yes, it is. So but that's some pretty good football there, isn't it?
0: Uh, most definitely. Um, and just because we have students, man, we, we believe that we can compete with anybody. and That's probably why we have so much success, just because of our belief in ourselves. Very good, very good. And
1: were you on all three national championship teams? I was a part of four. Four, okay. Oh, you were there uh, five years, is that right? Yes, sir. So uh, let's walk through, through the timeline there. When was the first national championship that you were a part of?
0: Um, my very freshman year, um, I was a red shirt. And we won in 2015 against uh, Jacksonville State. And then my redshirt freshman year of the year, we uh, had a great season, beat Iowa, went undefeated, and then lost. Oh, wait, did we go undefeated that year? I don't remember. I just know we lost in the semifinals. I think we might have lost to this year earlier that season, too. But um, they went to the semifinals, lost to James Madison, and that was the only one we lost. And then every year after that, we won again.
1: Excellent. And who'd you guys beat this year for the national championship?
0: James Madison.
1: And what would you say, uh, do you have one particular thing from your career that really stands out to you?
0: Yeah, uh, just think about it. Uh, my first year at corner, you know, I didn't start uh, as, as much as, I. you know, we competed for the starting position. They they said we both earned it, but they went with what was comfortable for them. You know, it being my first year at corner, and unfortunately some injuries happened, and me and... A freshman, true freshman corner that hadn't played much had to step up and be the starters in the championship game uh, against JMU the year after they beat us. And so I got an interception in the late, I don't remember the time of the game, but it was late in the game and it was a pivotal moment. We was only up by maybe like three, four points. And yeah, I got an interception. And it's probably one of the biggest moments of my career.
1: Uh, That's excellent. That's a very good moment to have. Uh, And I know last year when you guys won the national championship, uh, you guys went and saw President Trump. Is that correct?
0: Yep, for sure. Yep.
1: How was that experience?
0: Uh, It was a blessing. Uh, Not many people can say they've been to the White House. And that was my whole thing is just being able to go to the White House and have that experience and be in D.C. I've never been in D.C. at that, too. So, uh, yeah, walking around the White House and Trump actually gave us a little bit extra of a tour, and we went to the Oval Office and everything, and we've seen that too. and Yeah, it was just another chance to be with my teammates, man, so it's always a blessing to do that.
1: That's excellent. Kind of a trip of a lifetime type of thing, huh? Yeah, I think so. And I think as we've talked in the past, you guys were scheduled to go in April, if I remember correctly. You guys still on for that, or has that been canceled with all of the coronavirus stuff going
0: on? I'm sure it's been canceled. Nobody's even said anything to me about it. So it was just an assumption of mine that it's canceled. Uh, It would have been – I would have been in Fargo today right now for Pro Day. And uh, I would have been there for the rest of the weekend, ready to fly out and go with the team on Sunday. So – or Monday, one of the two days. But, yeah, I'm I'm confident it's canceled. Nobody said nothing. So I'm sure that's what's happening.
1: And you mentioned Pro Day there. Can you explain to everybody what that is?
0: Yeah, so Pro Day is, you know – the next thing outside of the combine that you get to show off your skills to scouts and everything and um, 40 times and uh, drills and stuff like that. And I, not me, but NDSU would have had our pro day today and everything's been on, kind of canceled just because of the coronavirus and everything that's happening, understandably, because we got to take this thing seriously. But, uh, yeah, that was that's what pro day is and it would have been today for me.
1: And did you do anything leading up to the, what this pro day or when this pro day would have happened to get ready for it?
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, all athletes, football players around the country that's planning on going to the NFL train for pro day for months on end. As soon as their season's over, they uh, get to a training facility and they um, train with somebody across the country and you know, just trying to get better for the 40-yard dash and the three-cone and agility drills. What
1: would you say your strongest uh exercises out of all of those?
0: Strongest exercise, I would say probably the field work. I'm I'm not, you know, gonna kill anybody with my numbers. I'm not gonna run a four two, not gonna have the lowest numbers, those all be consistent and pretty good. But I feel like me as a football player and being able to show off my football abilities probably the best thing I have.
1: And what would you say how has the experience been different? I know you know you guys are kind of in and around the program even when the season's over, how would you say you've seen the difference between last year and pro day between and this year?
0: Uh, I would say the difference is one, we're not having it because of all the stuff that's going on, but the biggest difference in this process right now is that we're able to experience this as like the nation, you know, nobody knows what's going on right now. And uh, for nobody to know, it's not as traditional, I would say. So, since it's uncharted territories for everybody, including the players, the scouts, coaches, agents, everybody, um, we're kind of all not lost, but we all trying to find our way together. And so in recent years, it's always been kind of the same thing. Um, we're going to go here and see how this person is, how this player is, and learn about them a little bit, and we'll get to see them. But now we all got to take a new step together. And it's
1: kind of exciting territory, if you ask me. And that's a really positive way to look at it, that it is an exciting territory to be in. And it's it's true, everybody's on equal footing here. Everybody's on equal footing of not knowing exactly what to expect. Uh, one, sure. of the, one of the good things is, and, and I know you know this and, and we've talked about it, but you have some interest from some NFL teams and we're not necessarily going to name them on the air, but uh, we know that, that you're in a pretty good position to, you know, at least get a minicamp invite. And, and I think that we're hoping for either a signing or even a late round draft. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we, we are very much looking forward to that. Uh, Marquise, before you go, I'd like to play a little game with you. I have a little game that uh, we took from the when I was doing TV. Uh, are you up for a little game? I'm always up for a game. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I am going to give three scenarios, okay? You are cool. going to have to figure out which one is an actual case. Hmm. Does that okay. make sense? Yep. Okay, so out of, the, out of these three cases, two of them will not be a case, and two of them will. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right, number one is the case of the fast food. Jay stopped at a fast food drive through He attempted to reach for a few French fries While driving, when the milkshake that he'd placed between his knees exploded all over his lap. Distracted, he collided with another car. The driver of the other car, Jay hit blamed the restaurant for his injuries because the restaurant didn't have a specific warning on the label regarding the dangers of eating and driving. The restaurant was sued. Does he have a case? All right, that's number one. Number two, the case of the auction. A car dealer is at an auto auction. There are lanes that the cars drive through so they can be seen by the dealers. There are yellow lines marking where the cars can drive, as well as having the word caution written in black. As a car is being driven into the lane for the dealers to see, Bert steps over the line and into the path of the car's tire. The car drives over Bert's foot, causing him to fall. Bert injures his foot and arm. Bert sues the auto auction. Does Bert have a case? And lastly, number three. The case of the sudden stop. Eric is driving on I-75 at 3 a.m. in a rural part of Florida at 75 miles per hour. Anthony is also on I-75, driving 75 miles per hour at a safe distance behind Eric. There are no other cars. Eric thinks he sees something in the road, so he slams on his brakes, coming to a stop. Anthony slams on his brakes too, but is unable to stop in time, slamming into the back of Eric's car. Eric is not injured, but Anthony is injured. And Anthony sues Eric. Does Anthony have a case? So, Marquise, and to everybody listening, is it the case of the fast food, the case of the auction, or the case of the sudden stop?
0: The case of the sudden stop.
1: You would be correct, Marquise. Very good. See, you too could uh, have a law degree and do this. (laughs) (laughs) So just just to give the quick explanation on it. All right. Uh, Florida does allow for a sudden stop. Uh, How it works is that in Florida, if you get rear ended, the person doing the rear ending uh, is presumed to be at fault, except for in a scenario just like this one where it's in a rural part of the state, no traffic and it's early in the morning. So there's truly no cars around. That's where uh, the sudden stop doctrine comes into play. So that's why that one's a case. Uh, the fast food one, it's just kind of a silly one uh, to try to say that the restaurant's at fault for really somebody else getting food, putting it in their lap, it's spilling and them causing a crash. And lastly, the auto auction, uh, the guy that stepped over the line, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. The auto auction took every step they could possibly take to try to keep everybody safe. So, Marquise, you are the big winner today and hopefully here uh, in the end of April. And, you know, hopefully, God willing, And NFL willing, uh, the draft remains uh, as it stands. I don't see any benefit to them moving the draft. So hopefully the draft stays as is. We keep the timelines uh, on par with where they always have been and get you signed and get you moving. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for coming on.
0: Yeah, appreciate you.
1: Great interview there today with Marquise Bridges from North Dakota State University. NFL draft hopeful cornerback uh, Nat won, what do you say, three three or four national championships. I think it was four national championships with NDSU, uh, three of them in a row. So great team, great program. Uh, Marquise is a great kid, so I hope for nothing but the best for him in the upcoming draft. As I mentioned before, do you want to get a hold of me? Do you have legal questions? 855-LAW-FATHER. Feel free, give me a call. We also have a new email address that I'm dedicating to strictly to the show uh, so if you have any legal questions or just want to talk to me about football collective bargaining agreement anything that may be you can reach me at lawfather at tampalawfather.com once again that's lawfather at tampalawfather.com please subscribe subscribe to rate and review this show it helps us out a lot and coming up on the next episode we're going to uh, get a little bit more into what's going on in in local emergency rooms. And we have a few questions to go over with you that uh, listeners have sent to me. So let's go over those on the next episode and catch you again on the next one. Lawfather out. This is a Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. And one thing that I've noticed that a lot of places are doing, such as um, Tampa Pizza Company, is they're offering these incredible do-it-yourself pizza kits to go. So you can go in there, they give you the dough, the sauce, you pick your toppings, and it's a great thing to do at home with your family, you know, kind of have your own little pizza party have fun with the kids. It's such a great experience. So I'm actually going to do that one day this week um, because there are several places that are doing that. Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.